you can learn something from anyone. It's your responsibility, should you choose to undertake this, to find out what that something is. Everyone has something that they can teach us. Whether or not we discover what that is, that's up to us. Best ever listeners, where are you going to be on February 22nd and 23rd? I am visualizing that you're going to be in Denver, Colorado, because that's where the best ever conference is, and that's when it is. February 22nd, 23rd. Go to besteverconference.com and even put in take five so you get 5% off your ticket. So that is T-A-K-E and the number five whenever you purchase your ticket. And buy now because ticket prices go up weekly. So go to besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference, the agenda, the speakers. We've got an incredible speaker list focused on commercial real estate. So that includes five plus units if you're in multifamily. And you're going to get a lot of value from this conference. Go to besteverconference.com. It's the third time we've done it. It improves every year and we have raving reviews. I'm not just saying it. Ask people who have attended every year. Besteverconference.com. Enter take five, T-A-K-E five when you purchase your ticket and get an extra 5% off. Ticket price is going up weekly, so get it today. Best ever listeners, how are you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff. We got Follow Along Friday today. The purpose of Follow Along Friday is to talk about what we have learned or certain things that we've come across in our real estate endeavors so that we can share those lessons with you ultimately to help you on your journey. That's the whole point of Follow Along Friday. So with us, Theo Hicks, as always. Theo, how should we get going? Well, this week, we're going to talk about some of the things that you learned from your podcast interviews last week. So we've got five particular people. These are interviews where you learn something new, basically. And since these interviews aren't going to come out for a while, and since we're on Follow Along Friday, and this, the purpose of Follow Along Friday is to teach people new things that we learned, we figured we could have a conversation around that today. So I guess we could just go straight through these five interviews, starting with Jerry Detweiler. Yeah. Did I pronounce that correctly? I think so. I think it's Detweiler. Okay. But for additional context, and thanks for setting the stage, just for a little bit more context. So every Thursday, I do interviews for the show. And that is the day I do interviews. So most best ever listeners, most of you know this, but I don't do interviews every single day for this daily podcast. Otherwise, I'd go bonkers and I wouldn't be able to be effective with the primary way that I make money. And that is Ashcroft Capital overseeing that company along with my business partner, Frank. So the way I slice up my time is on Thursdays, I do interview day. Today, for example, I am interviewing nine people today. Mm. And I'm starting the interview at... 11.30 a.m. And they're 30-minute blocks. So I've got three interviews from 11.30 all the way to 1 p.m. And then I have a call with a potential new investor who reached out to us. That's usually my break period after the three interviews, but my team booked a new investor call. So I'm speaking to a new investor. And then I've got three more interviews. Then there is a break at 3 p.m., 3 to 3.30 and then from 3.30 to 5 p.m., I have three more interviews. So I'm doing nine interviews today. It's a pretty quick day for me. 
because it's so active. Mm-hmm. And then we do this follow along Friday on Thursday so that it can air on Fridays and the ads and whatever else can be added in there the day before. So Thursday's our interview day and I am inundated with a whole lot of information. And I thought it would be interesting for me to be intentional about the information that I'm learning and coming across last week so I can really determine what am I taking away from these interviews. And these five things that I'm about to talk about, some of them might seem a little silly because like, really, that's the thing you chose to take away from the interview. And what I was really focused on is something brand new that... I hadn't heard of before from the interviews, or it was just something that was good to reinforce in my mind. So while I was talking to the individuals who I interviewed last week on interview day, if there was something that stood out like that, I put it in all caps and I said, thing I learned. And then I said, this would be cool to share with the best ever listeners Mm -hmm. on next week. And I believe that you can learn something from anyone. It's your responsibility, should you choose to undertake this, to find out what that something is. Everyone has something that they can teach us. Whether or not we discover what that is, that's up to us. That takes us first wanting to learn from that individual and then also being able to ask the right questions. So I can interview someone who has no real estate experience. I usually don't but I could interview someone who has no real estate experience and I could learn something from them about what they've done so far. And if it's nothing at all, well, there's something to be learned there. We would dig into why they haven't done anything and we can learn some aspects of their psychology and perhaps apply that or reinforce some things in our own mind. So there's the setup for this. So one thing from Jerry Detweiler that I learned is she mentioned shelf corporations. I'd never heard of a shelf corporation before. Had you? Mm -mm. No? Never heard of shell corporation, but shelf. Right. This would be shelf, S-H-E-L-F corporation. I too have heard of shell corporation, but not shelf corporation. Jerry works at nav.com and their business model is essentially helping businesses get lines of credit and they help businesses determine what their credit score is and how to build that credit score so they can get more and more lines of credit for funding. And we talked about how she and her team approached that. And she also talked about some scams that are out there to try and trick people into paying them money so that they can build their credit, but it doesn't actually work. And one scam she said to look out for, it's not always a scam, but one thing to look out for and be very eyes wide open about if you choose to pursue it is a shelf corporation in the concept behind the shelf corporation from a line of credit standpoint is the corporation has been established for a long period of time, but they put it essentially metaphorically on a shelf. So it doesn't have activity, but it's been building this credit because it's been around for mm-hmm. so long. So people sell their shelf corporations to individuals who want a business that's been around a while so it can be approved for a larger line of credit. Make sense? Makes sense, yeah. So conceptually makes sense, but she said not necessarily the case most of the time because there's a lot of things that go into actually getting approved for a line of credit. Actually, there's a couple things and you'll have to listen to the interview with her to learn those things because 
I didn't write that down and I'm not necessarily looking for a business line of credit. So that's something in my notes, but not in the notes in front of me. But that was one takeaway that I got from the day is the shelf corporations. It was a new term, hadn't heard of it. And just something to look out for, not necessarily to jump on board if you are looking for line of credit. And I thought it'd be interesting for the best ever listeners. That is interesting. You kind of apply this to real estate too, kind of, not exactly, but thinking of shelf properties, these are properties that they've obviously been rented out for a long time, but the owner themselves have kind of put it on the shelf and haven't really addressed any of the deferred maintenance or any of the issues. And you need to watch out for those kind of properties too, because you'll find a lot of hidden things that you didn't expect. I think my fourplexes could probably be considered shelf properties. They've been ignored for a while. So that's the first thing that came to my mind when you said that. I like that. Yeah. Way to bring that full circle. Nice mm-hmm. The second is a conversation I had with Steve Strait. First off, he's from Detroit. And I was born in Flint, Michigan. Grew up in Texas, but born in Flint, Michigan. And just something about talking to people who are from Detroit and Flint area. I just enjoy blue collar, kind of just say it how it is type of people. And I just really like having the conversations with people like that. Anyway, he talked about a 20-unit apartment complex. It was a 1920s property, all brick. And what I wrote down is something that I liked during our conversation. And it's not anything about the deal, but it was how he was describing the deal because he's a great storyteller. But in my opinion, he wasn't intending to be a great storyteller. He's just someone who you like to hear talk about what they're working on because it's really interesting because he makes it sound really interesting. But He unintentionally makes it sound interesting. It's just how he has a conversation. He said, imagine this. And then he talked about the deal. And when he said, imagine this, I was like, well, I'm imagining exactly what he's talking about. And it was that command of imagine this that I was like, I wrote it down. I was like, I like that phrase because it immediately made me think of exactly what he's talking about because he told me to imagine it. And I thought, well, that's an interesting phrase that I can incorporate whenever I'm talking about stuff. And I want people to imagine it and be there with me in the journey as I tell a story. So I wrote that down. Clearly, that has nothing really to do with the real estate deals that he was working on, which are really interesting to hear his story. So I obviously recommend listening to his podcast when it comes out in 30 or so days, 30, 45 days. But the imagine this phrase is what caught my attention. Oh, yeah, seriously. My goal is going to be to use that phrase at least once on this podcast. I'm going to drop it out of nowhere, Joe. So <laughs> you never know when it's going to come. <laughs> I have so much anticipation for when that will happen. <laughs> the next one is Chandler David Smith. He started in sales knocking on doors. And I wish I wouldn't have sent you the outline that I was going to talk about, Theo, because I would have asked you what do you think he was selling door to door. But mm-hmm. you see the outline in front of you. He was selling pest control products or services. And door-to-door, incredibly hard. Pest control services, I imagine that's going to be pretty hard too. And he ended up being a top salesperson doing door-to-door sales. And clearly that translates into real estate because you've got to be able to sell yourself, sell the deal, sell yourself to team members to attract the right team members, the most qualified team members. And so I asked him, how did you do that? Because he made $90,000 in a summer and he signed up 459 accounts during a summer. 
he signed up 459 accounts for pest control. Said it was like a three or $500 service that he's signing people up. And one out of every seven or so ended up buying the pest control that he went to. And I said, well, how'd you do it? And he said, well, I worked harder than others. And I said, okay, so elaborate on that, please. Cause we want to get underneath the surface there. He said, well, it wasn't that I was working many hours more than other people. What I was doing, I was working at least one hour more. And in that extra hour more, I was getting a disproportionate amount of results from working that extra hour. So he was doing one hour more a day and he was getting a disproportionate amount of results because of that. And I told him during the conversation, it reminded me of when Tony Robbins talks about when you do a set of 10 reps in the weight room, when you're doing bench press set of 10, what rep leads you to the greatest growth? And it's rep 11. It's the 11th rep where, okay, you did 10, great, 10 was tough. Okay, now do one more. You can do one more. And that 11th one is the one that leads the greatest growth. And I do that when I'm working out. If I'm going to do a certain set, I always do one or two extra ones. And those types of things have compounding effects on the business because when you do that consistently, well, now you've got some greater results than if you were just doing exactly what everyone else was doing. And think about paying off mortgages. Anyone who looks at paying off their mortgage early, whether or not that's a good thing, that's debatable, right? But just the sheer facts of if you do an extra mortgage payment once a year or extra or a bit each month, then that's going to save you a lot of money and interest. And that's going to pay it off much faster over a period of time. Yeah, I think there's another athlete that might have been Muhammad Ali, but I'm not 100% sure. But he also had a similar philosophy, which is he didn't even count the reps until it started to hurt. It was him, Arnold Schwarzenegger. It was some one of those like super athletes. <clears throat> I totally agree because if you think about it, if you work an extra hour every day of the month, each month you're nearly getting an extra full work week of time that others aren't getting in. So that obviously for sure compounds because over a 12-month period, you're almost getting 12 extra works week worth of time in each year than someone else. And so you know, if you compound that over time, that kind of puts you way ahead of everyone else. Yeah, I like that. I hadn't heard of start counting the reps once you start feeling mm-hmm. the burn. The fourth thing is Steve Pesavento. He's flipping properties in a couple different cities in the U.S. that he does not live in. And we talked about challenges and things him and his team have had to overcome as a result of the remote flipping. And one of the things he mentioned is he's flipping in Raleigh, North Carolina. I asked him about deals that didn't go well. And he mentioned this one deal where in Raleigh, there was an underground oil storage tank. And he hadn't ever come across that. I personally have not come across that either. And he said it can be common in that area. And he said the cost to have them removed was fifteen to twenty thousand dollars, which was something that he hadn't expected. And on a single family home, fix and flip, that can severely hurt your margin slash take you to the other direction. Mm-hmm. I think one of your earliest podcast episodes, someone had mentioned that they bought land that they didn't know it was like, it used to be a gas station. And they had the same issue with the underwater gas tanks that they had to remove. It cost a ton of money. And then lastly, Edwin Kelly, he is heads up a self-directed IRA company. And they've recently evolved so that they, apparently self-directed IRA companies have to have some sort of trust charter connection. And again, I'm 
getting outside of my comfort zone because I don't know a whole lot about this, but I believe a trust charter company or a trust charter has to sponsor a self-directed IRA company. So Edwin's company, just as they've grown, they went ahead and established a trust charter. So they don't have to be sponsored by a trust company. So I learned from this conversation, which is pretty esoteric knowledge, but still it's something I learned, was the two states in the United States that are most favorable and flexible for trust charters from a regulatory standpoint are New Mexico and South Dakota. So Mm -hmm. I was writing down things I learned. I don't think I'll ever apply that information anywhere, (laughs) but it's an interesting trivia question. So I wrote it down. We should have used that for the trivia question of the week. (laughs) Well, I know. Yeah, 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 we should have. So there you go. Those are five things. And best ever listeners, if you found this interesting, then let us know and I'll attempt to do this more often than not whenever I do the interview marathon days. Awesome. Well, speaking of the trivia question, let's move into that. So last week, the question was, in 2016, a record number of companies left California. What state did the large portion of those companies move to? And unfortunately, I kind of gave it away when I mentioned that yeah. your investors would know. You um, but the answer was, gave it away. I did give it away. The answer was Texas. That was a weak trivia question. Most people knew that even if you didn't give it away, though. Well, I think this week's question is a little bit stronger. Okay. So what city? This is going to be a large city. And it has to have a population greater than 200,000, so it can't be a really small city with five people in it has the largest percentage of the population renting. So what city has the largest percentage of the population renting? Now, the percentage is actually over 70%. Keep that in mind, which was shocking to me because I think the U.S. average is in the 30% range, I think, around there. So, Joe, what city do you think has the largest percent renter population? I'm going to go... New York City, because it's expensive to live there, and it's a place that a lot of young professionals go out of school for jobs, and they don't buy and Mm -hmm. rent, and for those two reasons, I'm going to go New York City. Okay. Although, I feel like if it was New York City at 70%, I would have read that somewhere already. (laughs) I'm not confident in my answer, but logically, that's what I'm saying, but I believe I'm wrong, but that's my best guess. Okay. Okay. This made you feel a little bit better. New York is definitely in the top five. Okay, but it's... New York City is definitely in the top five. Okay, all right, well, cool. So your logic was definitely sound. Okay, fair enough. So if you guys were to reply to the YouTube video that we post, or send us an email, info at Joe Fairless, and the first person to get the correct answer will receive a signed copy of our first book, Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever, Volume 1, which we're actually in the process of revising right now for a second edition. So uh, that should be coming out the next couple months as well. And we're just cleaning up grammar and spelling and punctuation stuff. Mm -hmm. We're not not putting any bells and whistles in it. We're just doing a better job of what we should have done in the first place, basically. Also, this episode comes out Friday the 25th, which is exactly four weeks before the Best Ever Conference 2019 in Denver, Colorado. So make sure you guys go to besteverconference.com. And number one, check out the lineup that we have. We've got most of the presentations, panels filled out on that schedule. Some of them are still to be determined, but also to buy your ticket to make sure you get the best price because ticket prices go up each week. And then, of course, on the podcast, we're going to just mention something that will be discussed at the 
conference that will definitely add a value to your business. And there's going to be a panel. I believe it'll be a two-person panel. And they're going to talk about the intricacies of SEC law. This will be for people who are interested in putting together syndications. And I think this is going to be a powerful panel because I'd probably say one out of 10 posts that I see in the multifamily real estate forum on bigger pockets are related to SEC law and asking questions about securities and how to make sure they're doing things by the book and structuring partnerships correctly and the differences between the different types of syndications. So during that panel, if you attend the best ever conference, you're going to get most of the answers to the questions that you need. And if you have any extra questions, what's great about the best ever conference is it's kind of networking time. So you can actually talk to them afterwards or beforehand or at one of the nightly events to kind of ask more specific questions based off of your current situation. Yeah. And one of the attorneys that's going to be there is his name's Roland and his information's on the besteverconference.com website. He's our securities attorney. So I personally can vouch for him as being someone who is going to add a lot of value to the conversation. And if you have any deals at all that are going to qualify for a security, then why not go to the conference, learn, but then also have a conversation with him, his rates north of $300 an hour. So you talk to him at the conference, at the bar or something when we're all hanging out and you're saving, hopefully he doesn't hear me say this, but you're saving (laughs) the money when you're talking to him at the bar, hanging out and you're getting some of the questions answered. I'm sure there's a line in the sand that if you're not a client of his, then he can't answer until you officially engage him. But still, it could be a really good opportunity and actually could save you money as a result of attending. Absolutely. So that's besteverconference.com. And then lastly, make sure if you haven't already, pick up a copy of the Best Ever Parsonication book. If you leave a review on Amazon and send us a screenshot, we will send you a package of free apartment syndication resources, as well as you'll have the opportunity to have your review read aloud on the following Friday podcast. This week's review of the week comes from Alec Lizkov. And Alec left a, obviously a regular Amazon review, but he went above and beyond and actually left a video review, which was pretty cool. And I didn't realize you could even do that on Amazon, but I've kind of just summarized the review that he provided in the video, which is Joe's book is one of the best resources on apartment syndications I've seen out there. There are three reasons why I love this book. Number one, his approach and guidance are designed for anyone to follow, from inexperienced to experienced investor. Two, he doesn't just provide information, but rather a step-by-step guide on how to actually get started. And he mentioned how he went back through the book to go over the different processes and step-by-step systems that we provided in that book. And then number three, finally, he sets expectations and tells it like it is. He shares both his success stories as well as his failures which is really helpful in setting the right expectation for long-term success. Well, thank you for leaving that video review. I think it's the only video review, right? That's pretty cool. I didn't realize you could do video reviews either. So thanks for doing that. Really appreciate it. Glad you got value from the book. Theo, I called you yesterday and your voicemail box is full. So I didn't leave you a message because I couldn't. But I called you because I had a conversation with someone who I met yesterday And he said he bought our syndication book and he read it in one day. Oh, man. He he called it a fun read. I was like, well, fun? 
okay, I'll go with that. He's a software engineer. He said he loved that we got into the details, but he literally read it in one day. And I thought I had held the record because I read it in one day and we're doing the final walkthrough of the book. So I read from start to finish one last time in one day, but he tied the world record of quickest read for the book. So I thought you'd find that interesting too. That is interesting. Well, everyone, thanks a lot for hanging out with us. Hope you got value from the conversation. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Best ever listeners, best ever conference. That's where you want to be. February 22nd and 23rd in Denver, Colorado. Put in the code TAKE5, T-A-K-E, and the number 5 to get an extra 5% off. Ticket prices go up weekly, so buy it today, besteverconference.com. You can read all about the conference at the website, all about the speakers. You can read about them and what you will experience when you're there, besteverconference.com. Best Ever listeners, we have launched bestevercauses.com. That's bestevercauses.com. We profile a nonprofit or a cause that is near and dear to our heart, get the word out about their cause, and also donate money towards their cause. If you'd like to, one, learn more about the causes that we're profiling, we do one a month, then go to bestevercauses.com. And if you want to suggest a cause that we profile that is near and dear to your heart, then go to bestevercauses.com. And there's a little form at the bottom of the page where you can submit one and we'll check it out.